HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network since 2009. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Barryville is a hamlet in rural America, part of the upper Delaware River Valley in the western Catskills, but it could be anywhere. Barryville is the climax of civilization. Yeah, the Trump flags are flying, even as gay bikers are rolling through town. This is a hot take on rural America. And whether you're new to rural living, if you've ever been bullied or beaten up in the country, or live in the city and just dream of getting away, this show is for you. Everything's better in Barryville. Those are the dulcet tones of Johnny Pizzolatto, but guess what? He's not here today. Um, I am blessed with a super co-host. Johnny, of course, is out on the road. He's campaigning to be a town supervisor. Uh, we live in Barryville, but we're part of the town of Highland, which includes the hamlets of Euland, Eldred, Minnesota Ford, Highland Lake, and of course, Barryville, uh, home of the Oasis and the Camel. Um, anyway, Johnny's out knocking on doors, literally winning the hearts and minds of our town folks. And if you've ever met Johnny in person, you know he's a charmer. Uh, but while John's away, Mike will play. I've been uh, blessed with a guest co-host, really the co-host with the most, the superstar who calls Barryville her home and makes us all better for it. Uh, Amber Tamlin is star of Screens, Big and Small. You might know her from General Hospital or maybe the film Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants or many, many, many more. That's my Joe Franklin voice for anybody who remembers Joe Franklin. Uh, she's bigger than big. She is big, big. <laughs> she is also an author and editor, a cultural savant, novelist, a poet of no small esteem. Uh, her most recent book was Era of Ignition, Coming of Age at a Time of Rage and Revolution, which I highly recommend. You know, I'm all big on the revolution thing. Um, she is also a bona fide civics nerd, um, something we could definitely use much more of. Hi, Amber. <laughs> I'm the new Johnny in this town. <laughs> Boom. All right. So you were... Did I use that right? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. And the other one is, is, is John's favorite toy, so feel free to use it. It's the studio audience I bought at PAX. I kind of feel like this is your favorite toy, though, because you keep telling me it's John's favorite toy, but you're like, hey, use it. He doesn't let me touch use it. Use it. He doesn't let me use it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you were actually uh, a guest on our very, very first show. And, oh, that's right. Uh, so welcome back. And so what have you been doing? What are you up to? Uh, I hear you've been traveling America. I've been tra- I've been traveling. I've been working, writing. I actually... Um, put out an, another book that came out last year. We were um, selling it up here for a little while called Listening in the Dark, which was a, a book looking at women's intuitive intelligence with a oh. bunch of contributing authors who are truly amazing, like Amy Poehler and Congresswoman Ayanna Presley and so many more. My bad. We have that book in our house, and it's great. I love that you're not – you are Hollywood elite, of course, but uh, you're not afraid to, to get dirty, and uh, you're not afraid of being canceled because you're backing the wrong cause or to use the F word feminism, which I think is fantastic. Fuck. <laughs> oh, got it. You know, well, hey, you know, a lot of people don't get it, but I think it's fantastic that you uh, aren't in fear of being canceled for something you believe in. Thanks, Mike. And you know, fighting the good fight. So tell me, tell me about uh, the feminism. Tell me about your trip across America. Tell me what you're working on. Um, well, I did a, a tour that was really fun in the spring this year with a longtime poet friend, uh, Derek Brown. Um, we went. We started in Nashville, and we traveled by motorcycle all the way up, probably about. 
I don't know, 8,000 miles or something. It was crazy. But we did a two-week tour via motorcycle that was like a sort of poetry extravaganza. We went and read in bars and, you know, at big event halls. And we did like, you know, bookstores. We did everything in between. It's a tour we've done before. It's very fun and silly and nostalgic and um, sort of punk in its own right. But it was just sort of joyful, I think, to be able to travel around the country, um, you know, after the pandemic uh, sort of ended and, and sort of see everything and see the cities and meet new friends and see old ones. It was a really, really wonderful um, experience. Small town America? Small town, big town. I mean, like kind of all of it. It just, you know, um, it also just felt, I think for me, it felt it made me feel alive again, you know, and this, we've, we've been so separated in so many ways for so long. And so this really had a sense of, um, resensitizing me to, uh, humanity and to physical in-person interactions, like looking at someone in the eye, arguing with them in person, like getting in fights in person or ignoring them or loving them and hugging them. All of the things that I love about human beings, you know, that is the opposite of being on social media <laughs> and being separated. That's awesome. That's entirely awesome. And now um, you're back in Berryville? Back in Berryville. And stirring up trouble? I mean, if if you consider that like, you know, making tea and <laughs> napping and hanging out with my six-year-old, then yeah, stirring up lots of trouble. That's awesome. Well, you know. Everything's better in Berryville. <laughs> All right. We have a killer show lined up. I'm so happy to see you here, and I really, really uh, – don't want to be in a fight with you. I don't think that could possibly end well. Um, <laughs> but uh, we have amazing guests today. We have our friend Susan and Andy Russ from the Burn Bray Mansion, one of the most haunted places in America. Oh, it's, yes. It's just around the corner from here, and it's fully tricked out for Halloween. Uh, but they have all sorts of crazy stuff coming up. They, you know, they do murder mysteries like like dinner theater. What would it take you, star Hollywood elite, to do Sullivan County Dinner Theater? What is this Hollywood elite? That's <laughs> you insane. Told me, you told me. It was, you said, Mike, I'm Hollywood elite. It's in my notes. Yes, and then, Mike, I put it with a little... <laughs> Emoji with dark sunglasses on, which represents sarcasm. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, God, that was a gun. But you were, you were, but as the Hollywood elite goes, you're as down to earth as anyone. No, you listen, you, you come from counterculture royalty, and you're also that uh, garage punk royalty as well. Uh, Uncle Larry, who's in the Standells, amaz amazing. And of yes. course, your dad, Russ Tamblin, um, who, who's his. Own icon, uh, and maybe they both have new book sets. Maybe we'll talk about that too. Yeah, that would be that would be lovely. That would be to. amazing. All right, but for now we're going to take a quick break and come back with the uh, dean and doyen of the haunted house, and then now we're going to be joined um, by uh, Curtis and Priscilla from the Rivers Edge Restaurant and talk about the challenges of opening a restaurant in a small town. And you know, everything's better in Berryville. Okay, we'll be back with Amber right after this. Awesome. All right, we're back. I'm back with uh, Amber Rose. Tamper. Hi, my name is Johnny Pizzolato. <laughs> uh, I do miss Johnny's dulcet tones. I can only imagine him going door for door. I hope he would knock on my door. I know, me too. Even though I'm already a supporter, I'm like, just knock anyway. He's, he's got to earn my vote. <laughs> just like the trick-or-treaters, right, Mike? That's right. Hey, there are rules, you know. Uh, no costume, no candy. You need to say trick-or-treat. You got to say the words. I don't care if you're three years old. You got to say the words, right? <laughs> also, I want scary costumes. Okay. Oh, okay. okay not, if you're a princess, you better be like a princess corpse, okay? Or like, you, or like you know Harry what? covered in, you know, blood if you're the prom queen. I don't go for baseball players unless you're a zombie baseball no player. No superheroes? Come on, superheroes. You know, we got 364 other days of the year you could be Spider-Man. Uh, I mean, I accept it from little kids, but I really think Halloween is scary. That's where this is at. It's not mermaids, it's not astronauts, it's vampires and monsters. So do you know what uh, my six-year-old daughter is going to be for Halloween this year? Oh, do tell. She's going to be a lanternfly. Oh, see, that's horrifying. <laughs> and she wants to wear a sign on her neck that says, if you stomp on me, I'll stomp on you. Beautiful. It's pretty great. You're doing a great job with her. Thank you. <laughs> speaking of feminism. All right. Girl power. Okay. Uh, and speaking of haunted houses, um, our guests are Susan and Andy Russ. They are the Dean and Doy and the caretakers. Caretaker is such a scary word. Uh, um, you ever see phantasms in that? You know, one of my favorites. Um, the caretakers of the Burnbury Mansion. It is one of the most haunted places in America. They say you can see the dolls move around at night and you can hear music from dead children. Uh, is that true or not? Believe it or not, let's hear it for Andy and Susan Russ. Woo. Yeah, hello there. Hi, Mike. Hi, welcome, welcome. Thank you for having us. I'm so curious about this. I mean, I, I have a, a lot of questions, but my first question is really, how did you come to be a, a part of the mansion? What is your story, your backstory with it, your history with it? 
Um, and then I'll go into some other things. Okay, great. So it's an interesting story, probably not what you were expecting. My dad is a cycling coach and he owned a bicycle business. So importing in a store. And when that business changed, when people stopped going to bike shops and wanting their bicycles imported from France, he wanted to open a cycling training center. So this was before the days of the internet. It was around 1990. And my mom wrote a bunch of letters to realtors and said, we need to be within two hours of the velodrome in Trexlertown, Pennsylvania. So that's how they eventually found this place. And that's how they opened the the business. It was called Mike Frazy Sports Resort. Wow. And it's an old Victorian mansion built in 1906. And they weren't too concerned with, you know, restoring it and living in the whole house. It was broken up into apartments. And then as they started, you know, working on other parts of the house, just strange things started to happen. So you must have seen some strange things there. Do you, do you want to share any things, like any personal experiences? Sure, sure. Um, Andy, maybe you want to start because it was you're the one that got the ghost investigators in in the first place. Yeah, well, um, Mike, uh, when he started to have overflow and guests stay in that main house, um, they started seeing things and hearing things. And I said to Mike, I said, I said, he didn't tell me this at first, and I said, why don't you open it as a B&B? You restored it to a beautiful, you know, the way it was, and it's beautiful. And he says, I can't because people can't sleep here. Whenever I have overflow, they complain about somebody walking up and down the hallways. They complain about hearing children playing and babies crying. And I said, Mike, the place is haunted. I said, it's got to be haunted. So we called some investigators. And this is way back before ghosts were cool. You know, this wasn't like, <laughs> yeah, this wasn't, you know, TV. There were no TV shows and all that. And I found this investigative team in South Jersey and they came up. And they did a. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't like a. Oops, sorry, like a poltergeist. You literally you know, called. Ghostbusters. Yeah. So we got. Yeah. Well, they want to throw in lamps at people when they're trying to sleep and stuff. So anyway, they came up and they said, "No, it's it's the most haunted place they've ever been to, but it's all benign. They're just happy to be here, so you're good to go." Wow. And how did they? The, and what was their invest, investigation strategy for that? How do they? How do they know? Oh, they have all Did the they tools. have a Ouija board? You, you, they had no, everything. Oh, God, you don't use Ouija boards. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> oh, that'll bring out the demons. And, they no, terif- no. Ouija boards it, terrify me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're no good. I no. found one in our basement. I was like, I don't really want this, but I can't get it, rid of it either because I know it'll just come back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, they did a full investigation with equipment. You know, with, they use heat sensors and all that, And but they had tons of EVPs. That's a, a electro a recording. That picks up high, you know, different frequencies that we can't pick up, and it had voices and f- Scottish accents. What? And, yeah, and and, and yeah. the Mackenzies were. My Scottish. people are Scottish. I wonder if yeah. I wonder if like my great 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 grandfather was. Yeah, has been there the whole time. The evidence Maybe? was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Scaryville. <laughs> Everything's scarier in Scaryville. Well, your place is amazing. We, I just played there last night. It's your big dark forest, and kids are uh, going through the woods and hopefully getting slight, just just minor trauma. Uh, yes. You know, late in trauma. Like, like my goal with like the children is to scare them just enough that a couple of years from now they'll start crying and not know why. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> but that that is a real thing up here. You know, so we were down at the outpost a couple of weeks ago, and there was a grown couple. I mean, had to be. 38, 39, something like that. And he said, I still have dreams about the dinosaur in your woods. <laughs> oh, wow. See, I got to take my daughter because she is, every single year for Halloween, she has been some very scary. I, you know, I had to, she wanted to be a vampire again this year, but last, for the two years in a row, she was like um, the creature from Night on Bald Mountain in Fantasia, the big winged beast yeah. at the end. She just wanted to be that over and over again. So I think she would, she'd really love it. Coming from her mother, by the way, who made a bunch of kids for the first, like, birthday sleepover when I was 10, made everyone watch The Exorcist, and half the kids went home. classic. We've had (laughs) Linda Blair at Burnbury Mansion. No She says it's her favorite place to stay in New York. Awesome. That is so creepy. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, so it's, but we, Andy and I have experienced stuff ourselves, too, with just, you know, being sound asleep and a door slamming that we are positive we closed in the middle of the night and, you know, seeing, you know, what looks like a woman just sort of fly down the stairs in a white dress. Well, Sullivan County is a very haunted place. Yeah. As, as a whole, Sullivan County is amazing. One of the first places I fell in love when we moved up here uh, is the Mini Sink Battleground, which is haunted. Man, you could hear the screams and the musket fire, you know, from the massacre that happened there at the very end of the Revolutionary War. 
that was a ghost biker going by. Uh, yeah, it's a very that was my stomach. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very haunted place. But you guys do a lot more than just the, uh, the haunted house. You're doing the murder mysteries. And uh, tell us about that. We do. We do. Yeah. And you know the. Going back to, for a second, the, the haunted area of Sullivan County. So John Conway, the county historian, has been very helpful in yes. you know, telling us stories and help us find pictures, and also our local historian, Frank Schwartz. So people love to get tours of the house, and we've learned a lot about the house. And we've had descendants of the owners. So it was built in 1906. It was the last of the seven mansions built in the area um, by the family of George Ross McKenzie, who was a, a Scot from... Uh, he was the president of the Singer Sewing Machine. So we have a lot of history and, and stories to tell people. So we do um, in uh, house tours that we call Ghosts of Christmas Past at the Christmas time. And that we is do, so cool. I love that. So we lean into all of that. And murder mysteries are a, a big success by us. So um, it's something that Andy put together years ago as a way to, you know, release his inner actor. Well, Andy played the detective the last time I, I was there. Uh, he's obviously a student of what I call detectivism. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're talking about this now. I love Colt Shack, the Night Stalker. I'm sure he's got to be a great influence. But I also oh, yeah. see a lot of Columbo in, in what you're doing. I love Sam Spade. I like uh, Philip Marlowe. Um, not to be confused with the other Marlowe. Um, <laughs> That's my daughter. So, so who, are, who are your favorite detectives? Because I, I, you, you do, do a good job of finding the killer. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, uh, Kolchak, the Night Stalker, obviously is up there. But then it's uh, probably um, Columbo. Uh, I, used, I do some Columbo influence. Okay, and just one more thing. That was my Columbo joke. That was okay, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> just one more thing. And, and just one more thing. Have you ever played a detective or, or law enforcement? I, or? I have. I, I've played it multiple times. I actually did a movie with Michael Douglas called Beyond a Reasonable Doubt, oh, in which I played an assistant DA um, hungry for the truth. I'm trying to say, like, I think that's like the sub subtitle or whatever it is. Um, and then I did a, sh a very fun show uh, called The Unusuals um, that was Noah Hawley's first show. He did um, uh, Fargo, that TV show, and he's done a bunch of cool stuff. And it was um, like a quirky, I think, you know, the first version of um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It was like, in my opinion, a, a, a different, slightly better maybe version of that and but it had Jeremy Renner and Harold Perno and Adam Goldberg and just like a bunch of weird cool actors who played um cops detectives have you guys ever shot any movies or tv over at the mansion oh yeah quite a bit quite a bit so I'm sure it's ripe for it yeah so everything from you know the the mainstream ghost you know ghost hunters ghost nation stranded psychic kids yeah right there's been a real like revival in that kind of Reality ghost. Wait, reality Psychic shows. Kids? That's a TV show? Yeah, Psychic yeah. What kind of insane abuse, <laughs> no, child abuse is that? It's the actual, it's the opposite. So it's hosted by Chip Coffee, who right now is doing um, the Osbournes. Jack Osborne has a, a new ghost show, and Chip's one of the co stars, and he knew that he had psychic abilities as a child. So it's working with kids who, you know, I see dead people, and it's how they, you know, sort of deal with that and not to get bullied and teased in school. So wow, it, it was sort of the opposite of, like, what if you do think that you are being able to communicate and he helps with the them, dead? Wow, yeah, and very he helps them navigate it. So, if, so, if you're the weird kid who sees dead people, and the pale faced little kid who's weird and maybe can starts figuring out he can bend a spoon with his mind, yeah. and then the next step, of course, is books start flying around, and before you know it, there's like pig blood at the prom. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that which would be the logical extension of that. We had a family that stayed there once. So, you know, we are a bed and breakfast and people come for a night or two and, and we will do ghost investigations. People can do them on their own or we have an in-house, you know, team. And they, in the morning, their young girl who was maybe 14, 15, she felt really nauseous and they're like, we're not going to stay for breakfast. She really doesn't feel well. And we were like, oh, we're so sorry. And they're like, no, this is fabulous. We <laughs> thought she lost her gift, but it's back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. I want everybody to know, too, that uh, you guys are right around the corner from Barryville. In case anyone was wondering, England Spay, you just go past the supermarket and keep going down the road and make a right. And then you are right there at the Burn Bray Mansion. What's coming up in the near future with you guys? Uh, so we do have our December events. We've got the Murder Mystery and the Ghost of Christmas Past. So on the uh, second weekend of December, and it's open to everyone, and you can Find us on our website and Facebook page, or just website is it is burnbraymansion.com, 
And you can also just drive by and see our, we are the 67th dove on the Sullivan Catskills Dove Trail. So we have a haunted it. dove. So if you get up close to it, you can find all the ghosts in the windows. And You see, and there stuff. it is, Halloween. If you're going to be a hippie, at least be a dead hippie. That's right. Well, <laughs> if you look closely, you will find a ghost making a peace sign in one of the windows. On oh, so perfect. I, I Could not it. be any more perfect. Well, fantastic. Well, thanks uh, for haunting thanks, uh, our, you guys. our studio. And uh, Amber, you remain the ghoul of my dreams. And we'll be back right after this. Everything's better in Ah, oh, you're getting it. <laughs> Everything's better in and we're back. It's Mike Edison with Amber Tamblin. Johnny Pizzolato. <laughs> oh, man. Johnny, Johnny's expecting to have his job back after, after this election. No way. No way, Jose. <laughs> I like it. You're taking over. I can, I can, I can, I can dig it. Uh, so, Amber, this is an embarrassment of riches. We've got haunted houses. And now yes. we're going to talk about uh, my other favorite thing, food. Some of the best food in town, yeah. by the way. Yes, and it's amazing that we have such a, a great new restaurant opening down right by the river. In fact, it's called the River's Edge. Edge. It's in Barryville. It's Caddy Corner from the Camel. And uh, here to talk about it are our friends Curtis and Priscilla from the River's Edge. Hello, guys. Hello. Hi. Hello, hello. So uh, there have to be challenges opening a restaurant in a small town, especially off-season. I think you're hitting that now. You had a great summer, I think, I hope. Uh, tell us about that and what's, uh, what's happening down there by the river. Well... Um, yeah, there are challenges. <laughs> Closer. There are challenges to uh, the winter, but you know, we had a great summer. Um, you know, we're sticking to the plan. We're trying to do a good job. I think generally, if you do a good job, uh, people keep coming. You know, um, also there's more people up here than ever. I think it's less of a challenge than it was five years ago. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, we're having a good time. Yeah. It's working. What's on the menu tonight? What's what are the specials tonight? Oh my goodness! Um, well, we have. A... We don't usually have specials, but we have really great uh, seasonal changes, new additions like uh, short, short ribs. ribs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, there's always something new on there. Um, our chef's great. This guy Joey's from Austin, yeah. Texas. And, great energy. Um, yeah, Definitely lovely brings guy. Brings the tone. Brings the the fun tone to the kitchen. Yeah, and he, he's really using the market a lot too. So we, they got in there this morning and uh, loaded up so lots of great the farmers, our farmers, farmers market. market the very yeah. cool farmers market well, I think that's great I think uh, you should be sourcing locally and supporting our local farmers and not everybody can do that And uh, um, but market driven works for me I love it absolutely and, it, and in fact uh, Month Leone up next to Pex uh, the hothouse we get all of our tomatoes. <laughs> the hot house. The hydro farm. The hydro that sounds farm. Uh, yeah. kind of lurid. The hydro farm. Sexy. The hydro farm. It's like a hydro farm slash strip club. <laughs> that would be the best. A very green strip club. And we have it all. <laughs> we have it all year. And um, yeah, they you know, so all winter bed. we're gonna have really beautiful tomatoes and greens and oh, lettuces. Yeah. Well, we have our own bed at the hot house. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I, lo- I love that. And uh, I think the, uh, the Montaloni Hydro Farm is a, a great business to have here down in Eldred. I mean, it's progressive. It's green. Uh, have you been inside? Oh, it's it, incredible. It's, it's like I Na- love it's it. Like, it's like NASA or, yeah, or the X-Files. Really cool. you know? It's like oh, it's very the best. clean technology. And it's keeping everybody with green vegetables all winter long. And it just, how, do you, how do you beat that? You can't beat it. No, it's very good. Very healthy. One of my favorite um, dishes at your restaurant is the salmon, which I feel is very underrated um, in general, like salmon, just because I think people uh, don't do it well. And so I'd like to ask you, Curtis, how (laughs) does one make a salmon like that? It doesn't have to be that recipe, but just I need people to understand when you have fish like that where the skin is crispy and the fish is so perfectly cooked. It's not underdone. It's not overcooked. It's flaky. It's my daughter's favorite thing. It's so, she loves it so much. The last time we were there, she made me order a second dish to take home because it was so delicious. So just, just for folks who are like just getting into cooking and, or have not been able to master, um, uh, you know, a crispy skin fish. I'm speaking for a friend, and that friend is me. <laughs> Tell us how to do it. Give us the trick of the trade. All right. Well, the trick of the trade is you have to dry the skin. So when you get oh. the skin, um, and you can really be rough with it on a salmon, just like, get it completely dry. Rub a kitchen towel or whatever you can, and just get it dry, dry, and dry before it goes into a hot pan. And that's it. And Does the pan have oil? Uh, we, we use clarified butter for everything, okay. ghee. Okay. Um, but you Very good for you too, by it the is, way. It Very is, much better than regular butter. And and it has a higher smoke point, so it won't burn. So you can just like leave it in there, hot, hot, and uh, gets crispy and delicious. And he taught actually, you showed him, showed me how to do it. You cook it belly down first. 
Oh, so you don't do skin side first. Start with the belly because if you go with the skin first, the skin shrinks. Yeah. And then you have some spots where it doesn't this get This is crispy. blowing yes. my Berryville mind. So you go, <laughs> so you go, yeah, you go with the skin or with the, the flesh down, down and then flip it over. I have always been told to do it skin side down first and then you can like, you know, spoon some of the clarified butter or whatever over the top but yeah you do it but, but you, I thought the same start I, with the skin or start with the uh, with the flesh go to the skin and then back to the back wow. to the flesh yeah. Barryville mind is blown that's it Barryville <laughs> mind is blown fully thank you for that I should mention too Curtis and I we've known each other for a long time we travel in the same uh, orbits rock and roll circles uh, we have lots of friends and um, Jane Lee Hooker we, uh, yeah. whose drummer was in my band and was in your band Bad Wizard Ron yeah. Salvo and uh, we're um, and Tina the and guitar Tina, player right yeah. the guitar player and our friend's Nashville Pussy yeah. and, uh, oh I was just wearing a Nashville Pussy shirt the other day oh right on yeah. well, we're, well join my campaign to try to get Tracy Hightop back to Barryville oh it's so good uh, more I wore it to my kids school and I think everyone was very confused as uh, to why I had the shirt on. I, 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 I invited her. I wore her a national pussy shirt. <laughs> I invited her over to Bethel Woods, where uh, you know I'm teaching kids to come uh, join. We're starting adult rock band in a couple weeks, and I'm afraid there's going to be too much dude energy in there. And I wanted Tracy to come in and shred everybody. You know, yeah. okay. Um, Mike the Feminist, there you have it. Come on, Tracy. If you're listening, Tracy, come on up. All right. But uh, the point is, all roads lead to Barryville. There we were, scumming around the East Village in these bands, and we ended up in uh, here in Nirvana. <laughs> the the state of mind, not the band. So where's it, where's this all headed? Where's the uh, River's Edge uh, headed over the winter? What do you see happening in Barryville? The changes. I mean, I think you guys are a great addition to the landscape. We have mm. a few nice places to eat, but I think I know a lot of people coming up the city. I think that's what everyone misses the most is just access to really good restaurants. Restaurants that are good, objectively good, uh, not just Sullivan County good. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna get in trouble for that. I, I slightly <laughs> disagree, and I'll say that I think people people want. From what I sense, they want really good food that feels almost like it's home cooked, you know, which is what I think is so great about your food, Curtis, that you've always provided at your restaurants is that it's a sense of like, it does feel a little bit like fine dining, but it's also not, you know, the Eldred Preserve, which is another specific kind of cooking, which is also good and serves its purpose. But yours is kind of like this meeting of two minds of what we want in this town, and I think that's why it's so successful. I, I, I agree with that. I, I think River's Edge is a little bit elevated. Um, I'm very loyal to Bakers. I love what they're doing Mike, over I just there. want to fight with you. <laughs> really? It's not, you let know, me fight you with you. You know what? Have the just courage. Let it go. Have the courage. Let it go. Have the courage to choose peace. Well, we and should. later when we solve the, the Palestinian <laughs> conflict, that's what I'm going to say. Have the courage to choose peace. <laughs> that's, that's happening in the next segment, by the way. We are we are going to solve the world's problems. Yeah. So you might want to stick around for that. Um, well, but, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, you know, I mean, we love bakers. I mean, before bakers before this place best. was open, we ate at bakers twice a week. I yeah. Mean, I love bakers. But um, but you can't eat at bakers five nights a week, so come eat, eat at our place every once exactly. in a while. Exactly. I know, it's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, no, no, choice is very, very important. But I, yeah. we also know that we've also, you know, it's like the last five minutes of Goodfellas sometimes when, you know, you're getting the noodles with the ketchup on it. And, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and I don't want that. I want, I want the real deal. It's not that hard to do. I mean, really, the difference between a B minus and an A isn't a big lift once once you're already set up. And I think you guys are doing a great job. And uh, welcome to the neighborhood. And Let me yeah. ask a, a quick roundtable question yeah. I want to hear from all of you. Can you name one dish from all of our main local restaurants that you really love? Absolutely. So I would say from Baker's, which you turned me on to, Curtis, it's so good, is the is the salt and pepper wings. You get them extra crispy with the hot sauce on the side. 100%. That's also my favorite. <laughs> so good. From BVH, their um, Spanakopita is incredible. Really? I think it's Johnny's mother's recipe, so it's like the real deal. Um, obviously, I mentioned the salmon. The Oasis has the best nachos. They're so good. Um, what am I missing? I mean, all the pizza, you know, uh, the Italian spot on 97. What else? Well, I got to say, Irene's has the best uh, pierogies I've oh, ever had. Oh, that's right. I just had the pierogies. And I lived above a pierogi Johnny, place for 15 years, and it's as good as any pierogi I've ever had. And that so place good. is great. Irene's pierogies rule. Yeah. Uh, that's why I like to go for breakfast. I think from the Oasis, the jalapeno popper, which is not oh, what you think good. it is, because yeah. it, it's like a crepe. It yeah. doesn't come out like a popper. It's much different, and, and uh, that blew my Barryville mind. Yeah, it's kind um, of like, yeah, I love uh, the pork chop at the River's Edge. That is definitely uh, we're rolling down the hill for uh, at Baker's. I'm also a big fan of the wings, but also the sashimi uh, appetizer special. Oh, yeah. Ooh, uh, I haven't had that. That's actually really fan, good. That's great. Fantastic. Yeah. And the pizza at Eldred at the corner there. Mm-hmm. Uh, highly recommend it. 
I love the Caesar at Baker's. Oh, nice. I have it every, every time I'm it's there. It's the biggest Caesar I've ever seen oh, in my yes. life. It's and the I can, best. I can clean the entire bowl. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Oh, the, the barbecue at Outpost is quite good, too. The oh, chef yeah, there brought is. us some that was uh, really great. The, uh, the brisket well, yeah, was the fantastic. Brisket, yeah. yeah, nice. And the cod bites at Baker's are incredible. Oh, well, also, yeah, we got to yeah. mention those. Yeah. Also, well, Alex bites, does a great yeah. job. He's got a great fishmonger, and he's really doing great stuff. I know if you look around, you don't see an ocean around here, but he does really great stuff. They have steamed clams are on the menu this week. Their specials are great. So um, you mentioned though Henning's local. Oh, yeah, yeah. In, That's the Caesar salad. Yeah. yeah. That's the king of the Caesar salad. That is. I have not been there yet, so. It's yeah, very it's good. Quite so. good. It's yeah. quite good. That there. Caesar salad is, if it's not making you sweat, then it's not a Caesar salad. <laughs> <laughs> that's what my no, mother would always say. There's the sesame uh, trout there, too, that's really good with those sesame seeds Oh, that's seeds right. On wow. there. That's really great. Yeah. Well, he does a lot of trout on the menu there. That's part of the uh, Part of the, the mac and cheese there. at Conchecta Fire Station is great. Oh yes, oh, also so good. Yeah. Also, so listen to all this. Listen to all the options we this have. Is this is amazing. Me so hungry. This I've, is amazing. I've been hearing about this Forestburg. There's a <laughs> Forestburg Pizza. There's is a another pizza guy. Place. Yeah, he's got rules. You think I got rules? He's got rules. Okay. <laughs> I've heard nothing but good things, but I'm always working. So I yeah. like his pizza rules. He doesn't like to do takeout because he thinks it comes out of the oven. It needs to be eaten in the next three minutes. You put it in a box. You take it home, and it's lost its mojo. That's what my husband is like. He really does not like takeout. He's a real, real stickler about it. Well, there's a thing we used to always say at uh, Heritage Food and the, and the old Heritage Radio Network radio station was a sign on the wall. It said, cheap, good, fast. Pick two. Because mm -hmm. that's all you get. Yeah. You can't get all three. It doesn't exist. Uh, so you guys do the math, but that's real. But I think this conversation, what it, what I'm hearing is that the options in Barryville are you, so good. Are amazing. Yeah. Like how And this the surrounding happen? areas. I mean, you yes. know, right outside. I mean, it's very good. So was it like this four years ago? Was it like this... Um, when I moved up here, and uh, yeah, I mean, it just seems to be growing in like the best possible way. Well, the guys that were in there before us, Carriage House, they did a great job for a long time. Yeah, you know, they the, were a staple. Yeah, and they had that goulash mm -hmm. that people love. People still come in there and ask for it, you know, and um, they had great fries. I don't remember, but whatever, you know, the, I think it's always been, you know, pretty progressive and uh, ahead of the curve food-wise up here. For sure. Mm -hmm. Good French fries are essential. Yeah. I, know, I know my wife judges, judges every restaurant by the French fries. <laughs> that is the yardstick by which she measures the world. And we have two different cuts of fries. You know? Do right. you? Two we different do. cuts of fries. Yeah. Do and do you, you pair them with different wines? <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> Depends on the oil that it's fried oh, in. Oh, I, I think guess. I also <laughs> forgot about your fries, which I do not like the thick cut like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. But yours are like deep fried or something. Mm -hmm. So they're yeah. really crispy. They're not like a, it doesn't, it's not like a sliced up baked potato. It's very, very good. Awesome. All right, let's go down to the river's edge and get some fries. What do you say, Amber? Here we go. All right, we're going to come back with the news. Let's hear it for Curtis and Priscilla from the river's edge. They're on Route 97, right by the intersection at 55, so please visit them. Curtis, you're gesticulating wildly. What do you want to say? Is this the Ids? Because I did want to mention that we're having a big Halloween party on the 28th, a dance yes. party with DJs. Oh, yes. We'll be there. Um, Steph Mar Lava and... Priscilla and Timmy are doing all the decorations. They, she's already built a uh, Marlo's going to be there in her uh, lantern fly outfit. Yes. We have a DJ and lights and uh, scary stuff all over the place. And a costume contest. A costume contest. It's going to be a blast. three-person panel. Wow. <laughs> this is serious business. A dance-off. Dance-off. Okay. Yes. Right. Spooky. <laughs> Getting very cosmopolitan up here. Mike, I'm going gonna, gonna to challenge you to a dance-off. All right. On the radio. Gonna, okay, okay, the news is out. Dance-off is in. All right, we'll be back right after. All right. Thank you. This. Everything's better in Berryville. Wow. Again, an embarrassment of riches. Everything is better in Berryville and getting better. What a show. <laughs> what a show. What a show, Mike. And, and uh, I think it's getting better. Johnny's out on the campaign trail working for the good of the people. I'm uh, expecting him to knock on my door any moment now. All the other candidates, well, that's not true, but some of the other candidates anyway, have knocked on my door. And I love that small town thing, meet the people. It's the best. Door and, to door to door, eye to eye. That's how you do it. And one thing you and I have in common is we've both both worked their voter registration That's desk right. at the farmer's market. That was one of the first gigs I got when I got here. And it's how we met so many people. Johnny was very, very welcoming uh, to us and encouraging. And, you know, we, we weren't uh, registering anyone for any party or cause. Yes. Just like uh, like civics nerds like us know that we are best represented when we're best represented. 100%. You want everyone's voice and every vote counted for any party, any affiliation uh, that you are a part of. And it's in a small town. It's so important. It's uh, so Important. Every vote counts here. Yeah. You know, I mean, people lose and win votes by literally handfuls, 
handfuls, two, three, four votes That's are right. what decides things. And I feel honestly more empowered here voting than I did living in the, in the big city. Yeah, I, I say that to people even on a national level, you know, when you're looking at um, big primaries, whether that's a midterm, you know, election or a or a uh, presidential election or whatever that is. I think people there is a sense of like, oh, voting doesn't matter because I live in such and such city or or anything else. But it really, really does matter. And and certainly the last several elections we've had have have shown that that things are just very, very close. And I, and I think we're fortunate that we do have uh, new leadership and uh, exciting new people to vote for. And I kind of miss that on the national scale. I wish there were younger, newer ex- you know, leaders c- coming up. And I don't think either major party has really groomed the next generation. I think they're coming. I think that the next generation is coming. It's here. We just have to be better listeners. And I think we have to be more daring in our choices. But, you know... I am very happy with Joe Biden. I do not. I, I think that what he's done for inflation, and I think there's um, there is a real sort of propaganda around him being a bad president, which I think there's lots of things about him that are bad and that I maybe would not necessarily love. Um, when I look at his age, I'm like, okay, but they're all old. Every single one of them. I look at Diane Feinstein. I oh, look at man. Mitch McConnell. It's like, okay, yes, that is an issue. But ultimately, if you look at what he's been able to do with inflation and with the economy, the, the job market, those things cannot be denied. But they get steamrolled and silenced because that's the culture we're in right now when we're trying to focus on one thing in a presidential election. I, I agree. I think there are a lot of unheralded successes in the Biden administration. But we said all this, you said Dianne Feinstein, and my mind immediately went back to the haunted house and corpses (laughs) and zombies. You know, I I, I want, I mean, and Joe Biden, I honestly think he should um, be handing the torch down to new leadership, younger people, people who are more internet savvy and, 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 you know, and really are of the culture that's coming up in America and take a victory lap, dude. But I I think he is doing that. I think people don't understand that, that the, the presidential, position of power. It's not like, I want people to really understand this. It's not like he can just be like, okay, I don't want to be the president anymore. Therefore I anoint, you know, so-and-so you actually have to go through another primary. It becomes an entire, he can't just hand it over to somebody. So it's not that simple. It's not as simple as just, it's not unprecedented. People have chosen not to run for their second term. Presidents? Yeah. yeah. Very, very few. And in modern history and in this particular time where disinformation, where propaganda lies are ruling the internet and people are getting their facts from Facebook with fake memes. And, and like, I mean, it's, you just, you can't compare the two. Maybe that worked 50 years ago or 80 years ago, but right now my position is that there's no other choice. This is what we have. And when I look between the two presidential candidates, there is a very clear choice, even though I don't ultimately love all of it. I, it's like, you know, it's like comparing like rotting trash and fruit. It's just like two completely different components in my personal opinion. So I do think he's starting to do that and, and that we have more of the youth coming in and for their voices to be heard. But it's not as simple as like just step aside and point to somebody and say this is going to be the new president. It just doesn't work that way. It would become a massive primary and it would become extremely volatile in a political system that is already deeply fractured it's and It's extremely volatile. divisive, extremely yes. uh, uncivil and, and, and just teetering on violence. I, I don't, yeah. I'm not a big fan of the two-party system. Uh, I'm not either. You and I definitely agree on that. I, I actually, when I vote, I vote along the Working Families Party line which I think is tremendous. Excellent. It is um, much more for the for the working person. It is for people, um, you know, of a specific class and trying to get the middle class to be um, more emboldened and, and to be able to have work and prosperity for their families. And they believe in in true, real health care for everyone. So I, I personally love the Working Families Party. It's a great political party to look into. I agree. And on, locally, I'll be voting on the Lifting Neighbors Party. Oh, that's great. Uh, um, I, the Democrats and the Republicans, look, I don't want to be member of a party that would have someone like me join. You know, uh, it's, you know I'm not <laughs> oh into my. it. So what now, speaking, choosing new leadership, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you, Amber. So uh, I think you'd be a fantastic leader, civics geek that you are. Uh, everybody said uh, – I've heard this many times. Of course I, you have because you are uniquely qualified. I have worked for many, many years. I worked um, in um, in Hillary Clinton's campaign as a youth outreach programmer and director. I've worked for many different campaigns as an advisor, um, even as a pollster in certain circumstances. Um, you know, I love, I have a progressive background and root and I love that. And I, I love the idea that civic engagement and, 
you know, showing up for what our beliefs are, not just what we're told we should believe in, is foundational to prosperity, to the thing we all really want, right? Ultimately. We're but, here for the same reason. Yeah. And also that that is actually the thing that I am most connected to with Republicans, with the most extreme right wing people who look at me and look at, you know, the things I believe in and go, she's nuts. I actually think I have more in common with that person than they realize. Of course you do. And it's not the color of the lawn sign that you're you're flying. It's that we're all neighbors here. That's really, we're really important. We're all neighbors, important. and we all want jobs. We all want security for our family. We want to be able to, like, get a prescription that isn't $300. Or for, 300 miles away. Or 300 miles <laughs> away. Like, very basic things. That's actually that's actually what we all ultimately want. You know, it's funny. We're uh, This is what's passing for the news today. <laughs> but but uh, I know. We just dove right in. It, but, you know, we talked before about well, one of the issues we had on the agenda here talking about news is that there's so many applications for cannabis dispensaries yes. uh, locally and in every other town around us. And you said, wow, this is what we're really talking about is like a pot shop. We should yeah. be talking about pharmacies. We should be talking about an urgent care center, things yes. that really aren't really that close to us right here in the center of Barryville, in I, the center of town of Island. I think even like a large, you know, hardware store or something that we, there's a lot of things I think that we could benefit from that aren't that. I mean, that can be part of the conversation, but I don't know why that is sounding like just not important given the, the, the state that we're in, in this town. Yeah. And I, I've, you know, I've kind of evolved on the issue a little bit because I was definitely against uh, retail cannabis here for various reasons. I didn't think, um, it just, you know, let, you know, let Narrowsburg be Narrowsburg, let Bethel be Bethel, but Barryville didn't really need to have uh, that kind of retail space here. I don't think it added anything, and I'm concerned about people, you know, just coming over to get wasted. And I know everybody thinks it's going to be very boutique and very chic, and it's going to look like backstage at a Led Zeppelin concert, um, and we're all going to make millions of dollars, but we're not make no one's making millions of dollars. One thing I do like about... Uh, the cannabis program, if it were done correctly, as it was supposed to have been rolled out, and of course we know it's been a giant clusterfuck in, this, in New York City and New York State, yeah, um, is that it's supposed to reward local farmers. Marijuana is supposed to be a cash crop for local farmers. And I'm very, you know, important, it's important to me. I'm very supportive of local agriculture, local farmers. It's why I support our farmers market. Yeah. Um, and I think weed farmers should have the same benefit. Uh, I mean, look around you. This is the place is great to grow pot indoors Absolutely. and outdoors during Absolutely. the season. Absolutely. Um, and I don't my weed, uh, you know, I smoke occasionally, but even on those times, I don't want it coming from Monsanto or Philip Morris you know, or DuPont. Well, I want it coming from the guy up the yeah. street. I really want it from the hippie in Bethel who knows what he's doing. Or our friends uh, Shane and Courtney who are uh, beginning a uh, grow operation, not a retail operation here. The responsible botanists. That's yeah. where I want to get my product from. Yeah, I think that that is so valuable. I mean, everything about it and the sense of agriculture and our food and our health that's associated with eating things that are not genetically modified and that are local and made locally and grown locally, I think that is the future, you know, of, of all small towns of like ours, um, is that we can all feel like we are self-sustainable and we don't need the outside world necessarily. We can if we want to, but we don't need them. One so, of those- Beautiful things about living here is we have a garden yes. in our backyard. Yes, that's right. Everybody has a garden in their backyard. <laughs> I love the conversation. It's like, you know, sometimes like, have your daffodils come up yet? Or yeah, uh, have you planted yeah. lettuce this year? Yes. Or, oh, you know, I, I don't get it. The beetles are eating my peppers. Yeah. I love this conversation. That's <laughs> a sort too. of ongoing. Me too. And when we first got up here and uh, my wife was a very talented gardener and kind of outgrew the fire escape. Um, I have no talent for this at all, but I'm very good at, at eating and cooking and stuff. <laughs> uh, um, but the first day when she said, oh, the lettuce is up, and I went to my garden, and I pulled up this, my salad out of the ground, and I felt like this great scene, like Rapes of Wrath or something. You know, like I had tilled the soil and kept my you know, my covenant with the Lord, and thus he has provided for me. <laughs> and it was like this, in my mind, I know it was a piece of lettuce, but in my mind, it was Preach. this great Preach. moment of connecting, you know, getting back to the garden, Absolutely. getting closer to God, and that's what I always say about living here. You know, that's why... Everybody came up here. So, and other also also on our news agenda today was Camp Finfo. Yeah, and I'm going to keep speaking this short. Of, speaking of destroying nature. Yeah. Okay. You don't pave paradise. We're going to keep this short. Uh, our planning board did sort of have their come to Jesus moment, but at a split decision, you know, uh, three to two, it should have been unanimous to say, hey, you guys got to do an environmental impact study on a forty million dollar project that involves giant chlorine pools 
water slides, uh, you know, and paving 15 acres of trees with a parking lot alongside a river in a floodplain. And people were arguing whether they needed to do an environmental impact study. Honestly, oh, they should have denied the application yeah, and said, come back with a scaled down version. Unfortunately, the people, uh, Northgate Corporation, PIMFO, that's not their business plan. And that's fine. If it's scaled down, doesn't work for you, fine, find someplace else to do it. I think I remember seeing somewhere online that somebody was like, when they were concerned about new leadership in the town, like, oh, next thing you know, they're going to have street lights on every single light and everything's going to be lit up. And I was like, nobody wants that. Nobody wants nobody, that. But also, like, if that's because that's my concern, too. I don't want this town to change. I think what we have here is valuable and incredible. And the people here are amazing, no matter what they believe or think, no matter how different we are. What I want is sort of like an upgrade so that people aren't suffering while they're here. Exactly. And I, I don't think people realize some do, but not enough understand that FIMFO will change everything about this town. It will change every, I cannot express that enough. It will bring in an entire different dynamic and make this town much more of a big tourist attraction with, you know, um, like traffic and just all kinds of stuff that we don't want here. And it's not the kind of tourists that are going to bring business to our local shops or no, mom and pops. not at all. And these are the kind of things that I, I think our planning board should be encouraging and should be fostering and, and nurturing our small businesses, but also things that do genuinely provide jobs and education and advantages for people, uh, for everyone, for us and our families, why families would want to come here and why their kids would want to go to school here. Yes. Um, and, you know, and the, you know, and people that were from here and are vested in the area and believe it. You know, I said it uh, on, on the last show. I'll say it again. Uh, it, it's pretty easy. You leave it better than you found it. You know? I love that. That's I it. I love that, Mike. That's it. You know, what don't yeah. you get about that? Yeah, that's right. You okay. leave it better than you found it. Beautiful. And, and paving paradise is not in that formula. Agreed. Okay. Wholeheartedly. All right. Well, that was the news. <laughs> You're welcome. Wait, wait, wait. What? Amber, do you hear that? that? No What's that noise? It's, it's the variable traffic copter. Wait. Tiffany, Tiffany, can you hear us? Oh, Hi, Mike. Hi, Amber. Johnny? Johnny, is that you? Yeah, Tiffany's giving me a lift. This helicopter is really cool. Mike, I can see your house from up here. Okay, settle down, Johnny. We've got a traffic report to do. So it's hunting season and daylight savings time. This is serious business. There are more deer and fewer daylight hours. If you want to stay safe, slow down, keep your eyes on the road, and no texting. If a deer does cross your path, don't swerve. Just slow down and honk your horn. And be patient. You don't have to be in a rush all the time. Oh, man, thanks, Tiffany. Yeah, the, the deer are everywhere. Hey, listen, you guys uh, want to come meet me for a drink, baby? Uh, sorry, I can't hear you. The helicopter's too loud. Over and out. This is Tiffany Diamond from the Berryville Radio Traffic Helicopter. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City, Long Island, and Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Everything's better in Berryville. Wow, what a show, Amber. Thank you so much so for coming down. Fun. And, uh, and, and being open and honest, and uh, you're obviously very much in love with Barryville. I love Barryville so very much, especially it, its food, as you know. <laughs> as, as you know. It's, it's, it's incredible. It is not a food desert here. Uh, amazing restaurants, not to mention our spectacular farmer's market. Yes. And uh, we have a haunted house down the road, which every small town needs. Yeah, we have all the things. We have, we have all the things. We have 
all the things. And I think it's getting better by the day. And I hope I'm looking forward to new leadership. And Johnny's out there knocking on doors. Uh, and like I said, you leave it better than you found it. You got to know that you're part of something bigger than yourself. Yes. That's so important, you know. Yes. And living in a small town is very humbling. And that's that's what like the guys at Pimpo don't get. And that's why they can't be here. You know, they don't get that they're part of something bigger than themselves. That's right. And you have to. And by the way, this works if you're in New York City or anywhere you are or a small town. You're part of something bigger than yourself. Absolutely. I agree. Now, before we go, this is usually where we uh, play some music. And um, another thing we have in common, sort of, is our great love for 60s garage punk. Yes. And, uh, um, and Curtis, too, by the way, and, one and, of our guests. And Curtis, too. Um, and we used to travel in those circles, of course, and doing uh, Standell's covers. And as it is, Larry Tamlin, Uncle Larry, is a founding member of the great uh, Standell's rock and roll That's band. That's right. And if, you, if you're f- not familiar, they had a famous song called Dirty Water, which is actually the theme song of the Boston Red Sox. And that's why I'm not going to play Dirty Water today. Okay, you're going to play something else. I'm going to play my favorite Standell song. No way. Sometimes good guys don't wear white. Oh, that's a great song. All right. Okay. And uh, don't forget, uh, you know, and that's it. And I can't thank you enough. Uh, We love you all. Thanks to Curtis and Priscilla. Thanks to Susan and Andy. Thank you, Amber. But most of all, thanks to everyone who listens who has made this the number one podcast in Barryville, at least. Thank you, Barryville. (laughs) All right. Everything's better in Barryville. And here we go. Here are the Standells. See you guys soon. We love you. This show is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.